0: Okay, coming down in five, four, three, two. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic podcast. We are back. My name is Patrick Allen. I'm joined by Matt Verderam. So Verderam, a lot of Chiefs news. It's draft day. Um, I, <laughs> you, and Matt Connor hopped on the the podcast to talk about this big Orlando Brown trade. I was inspecting a house that I'm buying at the time, and my phone was just blowing up. When the trade went through, text after text after text from from Chiefs fans and from you saying, "Hey, let's hop on the pod," and I'm like, "Wow, I could not literally be a worse time for this to have happened for me." Uh, so thanks to you and Matt for hopping on to talk about it. Um, pretty pretty crazy day. What was what was your big reaction to this Orlando Brown trade? I know some of the folks heard it on the pod already, but let's just review. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I just I thought the Chiefs did really really well. Um,
2: they not only got Orlando Brown, they got a second round pick. Like, I get it. They have a the first round pick, but I look at the trade like this. Like, I don't care about next year's picks, the fifth and the sixth. Like, they cancel each other out essentially. Um, the Chiefs basically gave up first for Orlando Brown and then traded their third and fourth round picks for Baltimore second. Like, I don't know how you couldn't like that. I mean, even if you're someone who loves a draft and that's just all you're about, and you you wanted them to take a guy in the draft. Okay. I mean, I, I get you get a cheap deal for four years. Orlando Brown's 24 years old. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. Like That's who you're hoping a draft pick will turn into. So I don't care. And on top of that, I know from talking to a lot of different people who evaluate talent in this draft, they feel like it's a 75-player draft, like there's going to be a drop-off around pick 75. Well, the Chiefs entered that Orlando Brown trade with two top 75 picks, and they leave it with two top 75 picks. I understand, obviously, the, the one pick is later, but you move back and you get Orlando Brown. Like I, I think if you're Brett Veach, you have to make that trade. He's the, he fixes the biggest need on the team. I couldn't. I still can't believe Baltimore made that
0: trade. I still can't. We're a week out now and I'm still stunned by it. But it's incredible. it did. I, we didn't talk a lot about. I don't even know if we talked about Orlando Brown at all on this podcast. And it was because I think neither one of us thought that in a million years the Ravens would be stupid enough to trade him to the Chiefs. I was so surprised and and, and happy. And I, one thing I had mentioned on the podcast was that I I think like I think draft picks are a little overvalued by teams, particularly the later ones. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you get somebody, you get them young, you get them on a cheap contract. That's important to constructing a talented team, so you can make moves in free agency and bring in um, some some more established veterans. But to your point, I mean, this is exactly what we wanted the Chiefs to get. We wanted them to draft preferably a Pro Bowl left tackle, a caliber left tackle at the end of the first round tonight. And instead, they went and they got a sure thing. And that's what I think is really great about Brett Veach is he takes big swings, but they're pretty smart big swings, right? Like, in general, the big swings that he takes have worked out for the Chiefs. He goes after sure bets. He goes after players who are proven in the league when he does it. And you could argue maybe Anthony Hitchens didn't work out to the, to the size of his contract. But he's it's not like he's been a bum out there for the Chiefs, and they won a Super Bowl. So I love this move, and I think it's absolutely—I I think the, the Ravens are brain dead. I don't understand what the hell they're thinking. Trading this guy to Kansas City, like I would have taken. If I'm the Ravens, I would have taken less for Orlando Brown to trade him to somebody in the NFC than to 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 get a little bit more and trade him to the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, uh, I I look. I've had so many people say to me, "We got to take the best offer." Well, <laughs> not if it keeps you from the Super Bowl. Right? Like if, if the Chiefs were going to trade Chris Jones, I wouldn't want him to trade him to Buffalo. Like trade him somewhere else, right? I mean, it's just right. I think. That line of thinking is just idiotic. Like, well, the, the point of the of the whole deal here is to win the Super Bowl. You just made your road harder. You got worse if you're Baltimore. Kansas City got better. Um, if I was the, if I were the Bills, I think I said this when I was talking to Matt Connor. I would have called the cops. I mean, right. was, I laughed it, out loud. Like, it just made your road harder, and you got nothing out of it. Yep. Like if I'm the Bills, if I'm the Titans, you know, name the team, whoever. I'm pissed. I mean, what are you doing? Like, look, I thought about this because I went back after I did the – so I know I didn't say this part with Matt Connor. I went back after the pod and I, I looked and I thought to myself, what is the last trade between two contenders in the same conference of consequence? I mean, we're not talking about some team trading a, you know, a, a punter. Like, who, what's the last time a really legitimate player got traded between two contenders? And some people pointed out while I was doing my research, what about McNabb? What about Bloodsoul? But but Washington and the Bills in both those cases stunk. They weren't contenders. Like New England didn't care if they traded Bloodsoul to Buffalo. They, they stunk. They weren't going to beat them. The last time it's happened, at least to my knowledge, maybe somebody out there could point out something that I missed um, it's Charles Haley going from the Cowboys, excuse me, from the 49ers to the Cowboys in August of 1992. Okay. The Niners got fed up with Haley. They sent them to Dallas. Dallas sent back a second and a third round pick. Charles Haley then immediately won two Super Bowls with Dallas the next two years. They beat the, they beat the Niners in the NFC Championship game both times. Right now he's in the Hall of Fame. Now, I don't know that Orlando Brown's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's also a very good start in his career. Like, The Niners had to just be kicking themselves repeat like Charles Haley was a big reason why the, the Cowboys just kept beating them over and over and over like was it really worth the second and third round pick like, I, I mean I, I just look at this there's a reason by the way that the last time this happened was almost 30 years ago teams just don't do it you know all right. the years that New England was there nobody was none of the contenders in the AFC no, Indianapolis was not like here here's Edger and James here you go <laughs> Yep. Yeah. No, it didn't happen so yes, for Baltimore to do this, either they it's one of two things. Either they think he's not that good, which is kinda hard to believe considering the first three years of the guy's career. Okay. Or they just they felt like, look, this is the best deal, we're gonna take it. Which if that's the case, I mean, good on the Chiefs. I can tell you this from from doing some due diligence with this. Um I didn't say this in the pod last week; I so didn't know it yet, but I wrote it in stack in the box. If you read it in my column, you already know this. My my sources on this tell me that This deal was about a two-week conversation. That essentially, what happened is, you know, the the NFL this year because there's no combine, they put together the medical evaluations for the top 150 draft prospects. They then send it out to these teams. Okay, my understanding is Kansas City got this medical evaluation uh, and and was not overly enthused about some of the the feedback on on the prospects at, at offensive tackle. They also finished plugging in the pro day numbers. And when they put all this stuff together, it became obvious that, you know, maybe we should make some calls for some veteran guys. They end up doing that. And over the course of two weeks, uh, the chiefs and the Ravens ended up striking a deal for Orlando Brown. So that's how this came together. Um, there was a lot of back and forth on, on, on value, which is why there's so many picks involved. They kind of wanted to make it even out. And the Chiefs ended up giving up what is essentially depending on what chart you use, a late first or a mid-second. But the thing that's amazing to me is like if you're Baltimore, why do you care if the Chiefs think they're getting value like, like even value? I'd be like, You're the Chiefs. We're gonna rob you guys for this. Like, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you even value, like you're gonna have to significantly overpay for him. And the fact that they didn't make the Chiefs do that really stuns me.
0: Yeah, and just I mean, when you boil it down to its simplest form, how do you beat the Chiefs You get to Patrick Mahomes? That's you it. have to get to Patrick Mahomes. So if you're the Ravens and you're making it easier for the Chiefs to protect Patrick Mahomes, you're I just you're crazy. I, it, it, I, I some have seen the conspiracy theories out there. Oh, Orlando or, you know, the Ravens know about his weaknesses and they'll know how to get it. Get out of here. Get out. They're not. They're not Jim Harbaugh. They're not some masterminds over there planting this guy on Kansas City. Like now we're going to be able to beat them. D- Baltimore's whole problem has been that they haven't been able to get to Patrick Mahomes. That they've had to blitz, it doesn't work, and he tears them up. And now you got another. And they've put together a hell of an offensive line heading into this season. Already, they're looking like the left side of that line is basically looking impenetrable. I don't. I don't like this for Baltimore at all. I don't either. And by
2: the way, I wouldn't close the door on Mitchell Schwartz ended up being the bookend tackle. Right. That's if Mitchell Schwartz decides to play. I think that's a, absolutely a real scenario that he ends up being the starting right tackle. Now, right now, it's it's Lucas Niang, knew they're high on. But if Mitchell Schwartz comes back and says, "Hey, I want to play one more year," you're really going to tell him no. Like you, right. I mean, I, and my understanding is the Chiefs would have that first right of refusal. So. Look, even if Schwartz doesn't come back, this line is leaps and bounds better than what it was. And, I, and I'll and i I'll say this, look, and I know because I know some Chief fans see this because I see it on my Twitter feed and they get riled up over it. Pro Football Focus has been really hammering the Chiefs about this trade because they're saying, well, you know, they don't have any young, cheap assets right now. And what are they going to look like in three or four years? None of these guys are signed like four years out. The NFL is a year-to-year business. And Kansas City's fine. Like, LeJarius Sneed played like a top 15 pick last year. He's cheap. They're fine. So, you want about McCall Hardman, Juan Thornhill? Like, they're fine. Like, the Chiefs, as far as, first of all, let's be real. As long as Mahomes is upright and breathing, they're fine. Okay. But then, on top of that, the Chiefs have been able to find a lot of value as the draft's gone on. They have traded a lot of their first round picks, but they've knocked out of the park some of these other picks. And look, ultimately, yeah, you want to have cheap rookie contracts. And the Chiefs do have some of those. But you want to win. And Kansas City's done that. I mean, I, I I don't know that you can knock them. Look, they they've been to the Super Bowl each of the last 2 years, okay? Right now, they are the overwhelming favorites to to do it again, not only to get there but to win, okay? I don't and that was before. The trade now. If you go, if you go and walk, and I'm going to pull them up right now. So we're live with these odds here, 9:40 Central Time Thursday morning. Okay, Kansas City is plus 550 to win the Super Bowl. Okay, the next highest team is the Packers plus 900, Tampa plus 1000, Baltimore plus 1200. If you doubled the Chiefs odds, if you made them twice as bad, they'd be third, and they'd still be the favorite. To come out of the AFC, right? Like that's how far ahead they are. In fact, in the AFC, to win the conference are plus two twenty five. Buffalo comes in second at plus five hundred, then Baltimore plus six hundred. Kansas City, you could double them. They're still better than Buffalo. But that is a massive, massive split. By the way, if you're wondering, the next highest team in the division for the Chiefs are the Chargers at plus fourteen hundred. So you can make the Chiefs six times worse, and they'd still be better than Chargers. Um, <laughs> Okay, I mean, that's where you are with this. So, ultimately, to put a bow on it, I think it's a great trade. I think the Chiefs felt like, look, we just have to do this. And I agree with them. I think they have to. And You know, the, the final point I'll make. This is why a month ago when we were on the podcast and everybody was freaking out about their offseason. This is why we were on here saying, look, like just give it time. You don't know how things are going to shake. Okay, I can tell you for a fact, the Chiefs, purposely waited, not because they thought they were going to get Orlando Brown. I mean, they didn't They didn't know that up until a couple weeks ago. But they waited because they knew, hey, look, if we have to, maybe Eric Fisher's an option, okay? We could draft somebody. But if they had panicked and just signed Russell Okun, they wouldn't have gotten Orlando Brown. But they got Orlando Brown because they didn't panic. And Veach didn't just go sign somebody to sign somebody and to just fill a need and, you know what, Okung's probably going to get hurt and miss half the year, but what the hell, we need a tackle. He waited. And by waiting, it set up getting Orlando Brown. So that's why, you know, people go berserk. Like I get the impatience, but, like, that's why. Now you're sitting really pretty. Like, what would you rather have had? or You know, Russell Okung, a week in free agency, or Orlando Brown? I mean, I would, I would argue that between Brown, Tooney, and Jerron Reed, there is not a team in the league that signed three better free agents.
0: Yeah, you're right. And it's, uh, it's, it sets the Chiefs up for a really interesting draft, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, I have to tell you that this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, Earth Echo Foods. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Uh, we've gotten some of this stuff sent to us for a Ram. I've had a chance to dive in. I don't know if you've had any yet. Did My wife any- loves it. I have not gotten into it yet to be totally honest. My uh, wife loves it. It is absolutely. It's like, it's like silky chocolatey goodness. Um, uh, they start with 100% organic cacao beans and are naturally yep. kissed by the sun. Apparently, um, uh, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Um, they, they got a bunch of other good stuff in there. Turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper. It makes the perfect blend for you to feel the best you ever have. So I, like, I've been trying to get a little bit more healthy around here. And I've actually been making um, these, uh, these shakes every morning. I throw in a, a couple bananas, a little bit of instant oats, some ice. Some, uh, I use oat milk or almond milk with like no sugar in it. And uh, powdered peanut butter is what I had been using and that's great because it cuts out a lot of fat and the oil that's in there but now i got this earth echo uh cacao bliss and i've just been throwing a scoop of that in there it's actually half the calories of the powdered peanut butter that i was using and it's chocolate so it's just like a win all around so sometimes i'll put like one scoop of peanut butter once one scoop of the cacao bliss whatever uh it's absolutely fantastic so listen guys Fall in love with the truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facil- facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it's friendly if you're on a paleo diet, if you're gluten-free, keto, vegan, vegetarian diets. Um, so check it out. We've uh, we got a code for you guys. You can support the show if you're interested in t- tasting this product. Uh, I love it. It's really great. They're offering 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15. At EarthEchofoods.com slash minute media. Again, that's minute 15 for 15% off at EarthEchofoods.com slash Minute Media. Thank you for supporting Earth Echo and supporting the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Let's get back to the football talk. All right, so I, I had to write this down because the the Ravens had their, their explanation, they explained their self for Orlando Brown. So here's what here's what Harbaugh said. He said, Orlando will always be a Raven. His dad was a Raven. Three great years here with him, and I love him. He's a football player, very astute, and he played left tackle for us when Ronnie Staley got hurt. He's a great guy. He's a hard worker, and he feels like he has something to prove. For us, we knew he was going to be a left tackle. We had re-signed Ronnie a year before. Ronnie was a year or two ahead of him in terms of contract pecking order. I think he understood that there wasn't going to be a long-term left tackle opportunity here. Then when he got a chance to play, I think people saw it. It wasn't something we were thinking about doing necessarily. It got teams interested and we waited to hear. Kansas City was the one with the best offer and it made sense. We got a lot and we'll be able to move forward uh, that are assets that'll be great for us. I feel like we have... To find a way to replace Orlando this year, and hopefully that's a place. There's a that's a place we can do well long term for his career. And unfortunately, we'll have to play against him. But you have to play everyone in the NFL. So just Einstein level quotes here from Harbaugh. Uh, he is a football player. You do have to play against other people in the NFL. Um, you know, look, I, he's got to explain it some way. And and <laughs> to t- t- to be fair, he's not. He's not really like lying about anything or trying to spin it too much. He's just like, yeah, he's a good player and he want, he's going to play left tackle and it's not going to be for us. So we traded him for the, for the best we could get. Um, but I still don't agree with trading him to Kansas City. I just don't. And now you've got to fill that hole and Kansas City doesn't through the draft.
2: It's just stupidity. Like, I, don't, I don't care. I know I, that's kind of harsh, but it's dumb. And yeah. Baltimore's a really well run franchise, by the way. Like, I have a lot of respect for, for that organization. The, yeah. the Ravens, Eric Dacosta, John Harbaugh. Th- that is not a bad organization by any means. So maybe maybe they just know something we all don't. Like maybe that's that's the reality. But if that's not the case, I just do not get it. I and but if you're a chief fan, you should be doing a dance. I mean, I yeah, I'll tell you who i tell you who is Mahomes. Like he, he's doing one. <laughs> They might have the best side, the left side in football, between those two guys. So, like, I, I think if you're if you're Baltimore, you're taking a big gamble. Like I heard a spot, uh, I believe it was on 610 radio in Kansas City, trying to give the right credit. I think that's who it was. They, they talked about, you know, maybe the Ravens just feel like they can't beat Kansas City, and so like, hey, what what the hell? Let's take the best offer. Now, I don't know that any <laughs> team thinks like that. Like, oh, we just can't win, so you know, we're gonna get. I I don't. I don't know that I agree, not that it's an outlandish take, but I do wonder if there is a little bit of like, what the heck? I mean, we can't win with, with them not there. I mean, what big difference does it make? Um, I just think Baltimore took the best value, but I just I just disagree with the idea and the premise. Like, even if you have to take a pick that's 20 picks later, and here's the other thing, I'd have just kept him. I don't think you're playing right tackle. Who cares? Shut up! Like that's it. Like you're playing right right tackle, and after this year, we'll tag and trade you. You know, and that's it. Like I, I mean, that was that was another option, by the way, because the Chiefs, according to sources I've spoken to, they're not going to sign him to an extension this year. They're going to play this out on his rookie deal, and then either you know extend him after the season or tag him and then try to extend him there. Like, so it's not as though Brown's getting paid this second. He's not. So I don't understand why Baltimore didn't just say, you know, we'll just play it out. Just play another year. Like Ronnie Stanley is a great player. He's coming off a major injury. What happens if he just isn't ready to go at the beginning of the year? Then what? That's totally possible. Like probably not like probable, but possible. Ronnie Stanley, I mean, I hope he comes back full strength, but he had a major injury. It wasn't like he sprained an ankle here. Okay, this is – I mean, this is a guy who unfortunately went down against Pittsburgh last year. He suffered a fractured and dislocated ankle, um, and, I, and I believe as well – I believe he also tore ligaments. I mean, this is – now, look, they're hoping he's back for OTAs. Maybe he is. All right, I mean, he got hurt in October, so maybe it's possible. And, and hey, I, like I said. I mean, hopefully, he is. hopefully the guy comes back and he's great, and you move on, but that's a lot. Like that's that's not an injury that you're just like, oh, he'll be back, no problem. I mean, that, right. That's a that's a real issue.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's um, you know, I, just to put a bow on it, I think that I think the Chiefs the Chiefs came out ahead here. They're in good shape, and and to your point about maybe the Ravens think we just can't beat Kansas City, I would actually argue the opposite. I think in the NFL, you get a lot of hubris. You have a lot of people who are like, I'm smart. I'm a football guy. I know what I'm doing. We can beat these guys. We can trade somebody to, I think it's a little bit of, I don't want to say arrogance, but 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 false confidence. It's okay. We, you know, we've played these guys. We think we got it figured out. We know there's a blueprint to beat them. We can make this trade and we've got a plan and our plan's better than everybody else's plan and it's going to work out. And we'll see how this all comes to play. But I think that Brett Veach is doing the smart thing here. And that is, look, Travis Kelsey's 31 years old. He's going to turn 32 in October of this year. He's got a few good years left in him. You've got three Hall of Famers on your offense right now, okay? And Tyree Kill, uh, potential Hall of Famer, uh, certainly on track, right? Travis uh, Patrick Mahomes probably would already go into the Hall of Fame, uh, and Travis Kelsey. When a Super Bowl, win two Super Bowls, right? And and that's I think is what Brett Veach is thinking. He's thinking next three years, I'd like to be walking out with two more Super Bowls. I don't know if I got to do a little bit of a rebuild or you know a shuffle to keep things going. I'm going to do that, but as long as I got Mahomes, I'm going to win. So I'm going to have the flexibility to do it. So where does that leave us? The trade is over. The dust is settled on that. So now the Chiefs, they don't have a pick tonight. Right now, they don't have a pick tonight. That leaves them with two second round picks, number 58 and number 63. So two pretty close together there, which is interesting. Um, Then they got a round four compensatory pick, 144, round five, 175, another round five, 181, and a sixth rounder at 207. So the big question I think on everybody's mind right now, Chiefs fans, are the Chiefs going to trade back up into the first round? And with two second-round picks, they might have the ammo to do it, right? Even though, they, but they are later second-round picks. Is this something that you think is a good move? Is it better for the Chiefs to get to try to try to get two quality players at fifty-eight and sixty-three, or to trade up and and try to get you know one top thirty guy at you know maybe at the end of the first round?
2: I'd be I'd be shocked if they did that. Uh because I know a lot of teams, the line of thinking is there's not a huge change between the talent level and the number twenty guy in this draft and the number sixty guy. I don't think the Chiefs will turn those two picks into one player. I think the Chiefs will just stay right where they are. And they're just gonna take two players. I mean I, maybe maybe they move up a couple spots or something, but they're not gonna package those picks. I think I think if you're the Chiefs, you're hanging out there. I'd be really surprised from conversations I've had. I'd be surprised if one of those picks is in a receiver. And then I think beyond that, it's how does the board fall? Is it a corner? Is it an edge rusher? Is it maybe even a center? Like one guy to watch in this whole thing. And this isn't an inside. This is just my opinion. Alabama center, Landon Dickerson is a guy who some people think is a late first round pick. Some people think it's a late second round pick. If he falls and he gets to Kansas city, I I don't know if you're the chiefs that you pass on him. Like, you have Blythe for a year. You don't have a long-term answer there. And for anyone who says, well, second round, did you take a center? Uh, how how'd Mitch Morse work out or Rodney Hudson? Like, if Landon Dickerson is sitting there at 60 or whatever it is, you know, 50, what's their first pick, 57? Like, 58. If 58. If he's sitting there at 58, you've at least got to think about it, right? Like, even if you say, okay, maybe I'll sit for a year or whatever, or maybe you won't, maybe he beats out Blythe right off the bat. He's a guy to watch. Then you start getting into the corners. Okay, who's there? Right. I mean, there, there's going to be, there's going to be some names. It's a very deep corner class. Who do you like? Edge depends. Look, all I'll, I'll say this: for anyone out there who reads all these mocks, and and God bless you if you do. If I see another mock, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna walk into traffic. Okay. But <laughs> for all the – you know, you always see guys that will fall. That were all projected to be top twenty-five, top thirty picks, and they will fall. They will get into the late second round. It's just the way it works. And I'll give you a great example: Juan Thornhill. Two years ago, yeah. people thought the Chiefs might take him with their first pick, and then the Chiefs ended up nabbing him late in the second. Right? Like, because they ended up trading for Frank Clark, they didn't have him first. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we're not going to get Thornhill. Nope. Got him in the second round. That stuff happens. Last year, guy, we did our draft diary on a fan site. Denzel Mims was a guy who was getting top. 25 buzz ends up going late second to the jets and had a nice rookie year for them. Once you came back from the hamstring, like you see that all the time. And I'm going to, I'm going to quickly pull up just to give an example here. Like so if you look at last year, okay, if you look at last year's draft class, now actually, you know, here let's go, let's go 2019 because that, that way we have a little bit more data. So 2019 NFL draft, if you go to from picks 50 through 64, all right. Irv Smith Jr for the, for the Vikings. Yeah, he's been okay. AJ Brown, who some people thought would go in the first round, got to 51 at the Titans. He's been all right. Then a couple guys, it's whatever, it's whatever. Hardman, 56 to the Chiefs. You can say whatever they want by the way. Uh of of that entire of the entire round, four guys have made the Pro Bowl. Guess who's one of them? Cole Hardman. Okay. Then you keep going. Now, Nasser Adderley was a guy some people thought would go first round. Ended up falling to the Chargers at 60. He's gotten some injury issues. Taylor Rapp went 61 to the Rams. A lot of people thought he might be a first-round safety. He's had a very nice career. Uh, and then Thornhill, who I mentioned. And then the next pick, the last pick of the second round, DK Metcalf. Like, there's going to be people there. Okay? In that in that second round, the fir- th- there was only one pro bowler who went in the first half of the second round. Right. There were three of them in the back half of the second round. My point is just, there's going to be players there who are good, solid players. Um, and, the, you know, the, the Chiefs are going to have to just find the, those guys. But every year, there are going to be guys who fall. There will be a couple for the Chiefs. The question is just, who are they? Do they fit what the Chiefs want to have done? And if, and if so, I think I think you got to be happy with, uh, you know, with where they're going to be sitting. But the draft is deep in that section. So they should have some options.
0: And this is these are crucial picks for the Chiefs because Kansas City is loaded. They are lo- they are more loaded, I think, than any sports team I've ever cheered for. They've got an all world quarterback. They've got incredible wide receiver. They've got an incredible tight end. They have incredible pass rushers. Like they're all over them now on the offensive line. They've got some incredible players and they have really good starting players almost across the board. There aren't too many holes. Yeah, you can make an argument. Oh, I wish we had maybe like a better middle linebacker, right? Um, a little bit more edge pressure. Whatever. they're really solid and pretty deep. So these picks are really crucial because they can get players that are they maybe don't necessarily need to start right away. But they're, they're, they're next, next man up type of players who are going to replace, who could potentially replace some of these bigger contracts that they have or keep them keep them deep at certain positions. So, you know, to your point, wide receiver, like Tyreek Hill makes that wide receiver room go, right? If you get another really strong wide receiver, you're in a much better position. Cornerback, you're really good at cornerback. In my opinion, I think the Chiefs have great corners. You get another one of those guys that can be stepping up later when, because these people are going to get expensive. All these stars that the Chiefs have playing in Super Bowls and stuff, guys are going to get expensive. They're not going to be able to keep everybody, so you got to have the depth coming up. And that's what the trap that some of these teams fall into is. Now, our Arrowhead Addict co-founder and our boss Zach Best, I got it. I have to do a couple shoutouts for him, or he's going to fire me. He wants credit for for mentioning that he that he thought the Chiefs should get. Tooney before they did so that's something that he mentioned uh and he threatened to fire me if i didn't give him credit on the podcast for saying that we should go after Tooney. so he gets credit for that and he also wanted to hear us talk about wide receiver in particular um for the chiefs now we've talked about it a bit already okay we, we feel good about Hardman, we feel good about the depth that chiefs have at wide receiver but is there somebody oh, in I this draft for ram that you see that you think that the Chiefs should take well, I'm sure he wants us to talk
2: about Byron Pringle as a as a case stater. Sure <laughs> he, he might, knows. yeah, yeah, he may. Also, by the way, and I'll, I'll get fired for this, but that's fine. Hey, best, if you're listening, hey, like, should we talk about your Mahomes takes as well?
0: Oh, uh oh!
2: I just want to know, best, because you're going to throw out the Tooney stuff today. <laughs> I remember <laughs> having to just... defend the Mahomes to the hilt when he got drafted. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: that said, uh, listen.
0: Those tweets gone. were de- uh, mysteriously vanished, though.
2: They're gone. Yeah, they've just somehow gone. <laughs> listen, Zach deserves a pass in sense. He's a true chief, family. He he's been with them for forever, and and I know you know he was at Super Bowl fifty four and the whole nine. I just like giving Zach a hard time, but um, yeah, his hey, we're all wrong sometimes. I thought John Baldwin yep. was going to be incredible, not so much. Yeah. Um. Now.
0: Remember, your, your Marcus Peters is never going to get traded. Was that you oh, or was God. that Matt Connor?
2: No, that was me. I, that was, so Pro Football Talk put that out there. And that was back in, that was God, what was that, 2017. So that was back before I had any sources in the league. That was like a year beforehand. And I just, I'm like, why would they trade him? There's no, I'm like, they're never going to trade him. They're going to sign him. They're, he's going to be the highest paid corner of football. The guy's been unbelievable. They trade him like two days later. See, <laughs> boys and girls, this is why it pays now to have sources because now I would never say that because you just – you would know better. But at the time, being young and a, and a dope, I was like, well, why would they – well, it turns out they trade him because they just want him out of the building. But, I, you know, I, I for me, I was like, why? Why would they do that? I, by the way, I'll go on record. I still hate that they trade him. Still hate Same. It. Still hate it, okay? So, I mean, I was, I was incredibly wrong, but I still hate that they traded him. Um. All right. So as far as, like, guys, like, like, specific receivers they could take, it's so hard to say where they're picking. Like, it's just you, – you're literally talking – it could be a multitude of guys. It's just who falls to them. You know, like, how how does this whole thing shake? You know, I look, here, here's what I know. All right. The first three receivers off the board are going to be Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and, and Devonta Smith. Those guys, they're going to go. They're going to go. They're going to be a long gone. They'll be top fifteen picks. Then you get into the next tier of like Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, Elijah Moore, um, at at Old Miss. Those are guys who are also going to be first round picks. Like I, I don't see any world where they're not. Um, th- then it becomes like oh, Kadarius Tony's another guy from Florida. He's he's not going to get out of the first round. I'd be shocked if he does as well. Then you get into okay, who could possibly fall? Like Rondell Moore out of Purdue. A lot of people think he's a first rounder, but could I? See, would I be shocked if he fell out of the, where the Chiefs are picking? No. Terrence More. Uh, Terrence Mitchell, who we've talked. Oh, God, I can't speak. Terrence Marshall. We've talked about him. He's the. He's uh, related to Joe Delaney. You know, could he be a guy? A lot of people think he's early second, but could he get to the Chiefs? Yeah, it's totally possible, right? Like that. That wouldn't be outrageous. Um so I think I think those are a couple of guys to watch. Um you know but beyond that I mean you know listen Dwayne Eskridge is somebody who maybe it's possible by the way um he was I believe he was even mocked yeah uh Tony Pauline who's a a friend of mine and works over Pro Football Network does great work. He actually mocked Dwayne Eskridge to the Chiefs in in a draft I saw early, earlier this morning. So there are guys There are definitely guys who could end up getting there, getting to Kansas City. And you know what? Like I said earlier, it's going to – there are going to be – I don't know if it would be a receiver or somebody else. There are going to be guys who fall down to that area who you're going, wow, I can't believe he got there. It's going to happen. It's going to happen like four or five of these
0: dudes. Everybody thinks it's going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in this draft, and – a lot of guys who are in that mid-tier wide receiver. You mentioned it. Mentioned them: Terrace Marshall, Nico Collins, Cade Johnson, out of South Dakota State. Like, you just don't know with some of these receivers. You know, they're they're, they're all really athletic and really talented. And being in the right system, being with the right quarterback, it, there's there's always guys that just kind of come out of nowhere that they're second, third round picks at, at receiver, and they end up doing really really well so I think there's a lot of value here for the Chiefs if they target the right the right guy the guy that's going to fit in their system so that's really what it comes down to with that second pick I guess from a positional standpoint the two second round picks let's let's throw specific names out of the window here but from a positional standpoint if if they're drafting for for need at this point um, what are the holes where would you what what areas would you like to see them address
2: I mean, look, we've talked a lot about receiver. I think beyond that, <laughs> there, there's not a lot of holes that they have. Like the, the one glaring one a week ago was tackle. That's fixed. I'd like to see him take a center some point in the first couple of rounds, first, you know, three rounds or so. I think they need a center long-term, um, you know, at least in the first four rounds because you can get a good center in the fourth or fifth round. Um. I look at at corner like I know people say linebacker, but the Chiefs just don't play a lot of linebackers. Like Hitchens is, is a good solid player, and you just drafted Willie Gay. Like develop him. So I think their biggest need, even to, from in my opinion, even more than than receivers or edge, they need another edge rusher. In my opinion, now they're a weird team in the sense that they have two really good interior pass rushers, so it's a little bit mitigated with them. But I, I really would like to see him draft Edge. And I do think they could use another corner. Look, I love Snead. Ward's solid. Fenton's solid in the slot. Okay. It's not that there's like a gaping wound at corner, but I'm a big believer. And you should take a corner every year fairly high. Like every year, first three or four rounds, because you just need them. I also would bring back Breeland, who's still unsigned. Um, I think he's been really good for Kansas City the last couple of years. But those are, the, those are the needs. For me, it's Edge, it's receiver, it's corner. And then, it's, and
0: then it's center. So I've had an interesting thought about tackle. Obviously, the Chiefs are in good shape there now, and they have a developmental prospect. But we had talked about how this draft was really deep at tackle. So, And you've heard me talk about this on the podcast. Go over there tonight, NFL.com, their prospects lists. Really, really insightful information if you're trying to figure out who these players are. And on their tackle page, per their rating system any 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 player with a 6.1 or higher up to up to up to 8 is uh considered to be will be a starter within their first two seasons okay so if they've got a 6.1 or higher rating they could be a starter within their first two seasons there are 15 15 tackles on the board according to nfl.com and their scouts that could be a starter within their first two seasons that have a, a grade of 6.1 or higher. Could you see the chiefs using one of those, one of those, uh, second round picks to be like, Hey, we, we, we got a tackle here that we love that we think we could plug in at right tackle. They could, it's not crazy. Um,
2: but then you're blocking the Yang pretty much for the rest of his rookie deal. So, if you do that, you're basically saying we don't like Niang, and mine thing is they really like Niang, so it's not possible. I, but I, I, I don't foresee now. They, they could take. I could see them taking a guard in this, not maybe in the second round, but like in the fourth or something, because I could see them saying, "Well, Le- Laurent Thuvay Tardif and and long or one year deals, and you know we could groom a guy there." Um, I think if the Chiefs do anything that's like surprising, that you'd go, "Wow, I, I didn't think they would do that." Um, I I think maybe it would, I I think it would be a linebacker, but I don't know that that's a a surprise for people. I I don't, because they're kind of just set in an odd way. Like, are they really going to take a tight end? Like they just signed Kelsey to like a six year extension. Right. Like, and, and I don't think they are huge fans of the tight end group. Um, they're not taking a quarterback receiver. Wouldn't be surprising. You know, I mean, maybe. Yeah, safety, but like again, like I don't know that they need. That would be one, I guess, maybe, but it's not a great class for safeties. I think it's going to be fairly straightforward with the Chiefs this year. I really do. I think we're going to be like, oh, okay, well, they they did what we kind of expected.
0: I'll tell you the guy I've got my eye on, and and we'll see where he ends up going. But I'm really interested in Dylan Moses out of Alabama, the linebacker spot. You would have been a first
2: round pick if not for some of the injuries.
0: Yeah, I just I could I could see that being a beach type pick, um, you know where he he takes a bet on a guy that he's got he thinks is a lot of high upside, uh, so it could be interesting. But that's who I've got my eye on. Okay, before we get out of here, um, I just wanted to talk about Clyde Edwards Hilaire and what you expect out of him this season. He gave an interview recently, uh, and he was asked about you know his rookie season and. I really liked this answer. Um, They asked, what what will you remember about your rookie season? And Clyde said, it's a bad way to think about it, but losing the Super Bowl. That's my last memory. And you can think about the highs and lows. But for me, it was like the ultimate gut punch. You feel like everything you're doing, if you feel like you're doing everything right. I was thinking my season was over with. Then I did everything I could to get back on the field, be out there, and win a Super Bowl. I was fortunate enough to be out on the field, but we couldn't get the job done. So for me, my rookie season, in my mind, uh, my rookie season is, in my mind, as like a fire starter. It's something that has already given me a bit of an edge, so I'm ready to compete. I mean, if you're if you're Brett Beach, that is exactly what you want to hear out of a guy who had a you know fairly successful rookie season. Uh, which is the only thing he wants to talk about is the fact that he lost the damn Super Bowl and he's pissed. Yeah,
2: I, oh, he, that's how he should look at it. He should be pissed. I don't think it's an accident. In fact, let's face it; I know it's not. Um, we all know it's not. That they, they they are pissed. I mean, th- th- this whole off season, I feel like it's been a lesson in being pissed, right? Like they they didn't sit on their hands. They went out and spent record money on Joe Tooney. They made a big trade for Orlando Brown. They, they tried to spend record money on Trent Williams. They tried to bring in Juju Smith Schuster. Like they have been very aggressive. And they are in a position, by the way, where next year they're set up to be aggressive as well. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are anywhere near done with this roster over the next couple of years. I wouldn't be surprised if they even added another guy outside of the draft this offseason. Like they were embarrassed. They were humiliated by the way that Super Bowl went. And I think that's, you know, that's that's the attitude they should have. It's funny. I've rooted for the Chiefs for what, 20, 28 years now. And for most of my life. The bar for the Chiefs is to be respectable and like maybe to win a playoff game. The Chiefs turn out of the point where if they don't win the Super Bowl, it's a complete failure. And that's that's a great place to be. If they don't win the Super Bowl, it is just it is an unqualified failure. Like last year, who in the in their right mind who's been a Chief fan over the last 50 years? Wouldn't have signed in a heartbeat for them to go to the AFC Championship game, win the AFC Championship game handily, and then okay, you're losing the Super Bowl. That feels like a disaster now with them. Like it, they they are viewing it that way. And now they try to make history this year. They try to be the fourth team to ever go to three straight Super Bowls. Okay, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the and the um the Pats are the only other teams to ever do it. None of them ever won three straight. But they've all gone there. If the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl this year, they're a dynasty. They'll have won two out of three, and they've gone to three straight Super Bowls. Like th- That's it. So, no, I think, I think look, they, they've been very, very aggressive, and they should be very, very aggressive. That That's how they should be when they have a team like this. You try to win now. You try to win right now. You worry about tomorrow,
0: tomorrow. You try to win now. I give the Chiefs credit. They're doing just that. Do you think that is all all things being told it was better for them to get stomped and embarrassed in that Super Bowl than to lose, you know, by like a last second field goal or something like that where they feel like, "Ah, we were close, it just didn't break our way" from a mentality standpoint, from a motivation standpoint?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Because like, look, you lose a really tight game, you can always make the excuse like, "Well, we were close, it just didn't happen," you know. You lose like that, there's no hiding from it. And yeah. the enduring image of that game is Mahomes just running for his life. I mean, that was the enduring. Like, look, and, and I love Chief fans, but you do see some of this stuff. Like, you know, like, like somebody like a Bucks fan will make fun of Mahomes or something. And, and, and you'll see a Chief fan on Twitter, like, oh, we live rent free in their heads. Guys, they won the Super Bowl 31 9. Nobody's living rent free in anybody's head in Tampa. Okay. Right. Like, they don't care. They won the Super Bowl. They're the champs. But I think if you're the Chiefs, hell yeah, it was better to lose like that. Like, not maybe in the moment. But long-term, absolutely, because it forces you to make a change. The Chiefs came out of that game saying we will never lose like that again. And they have addressed that offensive line in a way that, you know, they're probably right. They probably won't lose like that again. And now you look at the AFC, I would argue that the gap between the Chiefs and the rest of the AFC is a lot bigger going into this year than it was last year. A lot of people thought the Ravens would get this football last year. right? A lot of people, hey, what about Buffalo? What about Pittsburgh? I would argue that, let's be real. I mean, unless you're just being a contrarian, who the hell is picking anybody other than Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. They stay healthy. They're going to go back.
0: All right, before we go, we've got one breeder review. Do you still have that pulled up?
2: Uh, Yes, I do. Uh, Let's see. So we have it from USAF Chiefs fan. Uh, five star. Thank you very, very much. Says hopefully this works. I've been trying to post since Easter and it hasn't worked for some reason. Well, it worked. This was your this was your uh magic moment. Best Cadbury is Cadbury Cream Ice Cream. You can only get it in England during Easter time. Second would be Russell Stover's chocolate truffle. Three good scotches to try. Oban, Balmore, and I'm gonna screw this last name up. Uh Balvany, and for the ladies, Stag's breath liquor. Uh, Liqueur, As always, a great listen to both DOGs, Pat and Matt, and the new guys, Matt and Sterling. Keep up the great work. At what point do you think these deep playoff runs will affect the team as a whole? Uh, Matt and Sterling touched on a little, and I've had the lingering thought of the Bills in the early 90s, and now they just completely dropped off. Do you think this could happen, or do Andy and Brett account for this? Matt, my thoughts and prayers go out to you and your wife. I'm glad you have a strong sports team around you. To help it helps, too. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it, and, and, and appreciate the review on a whole. Um, I'll, I'll be brief. Look, I, the, the reason the bills dropped off is they got old. They just got old, right? Like the Pats had deep playoff runs for 20 years. They just kept rolling. Um, a lot of times I think what happens with these teams, is not so much that they can't sustain it health wise, they either get old or guys just leave and you know, the team's just not as good anymore. And therefore you're not making the runs. Like I'll say this, there's going to come a day where the chiefs aren't going to the Super Bowl every year. It's going to happen. But if they have Mahomes and they have Andy Reid, they're going to be in the mix every year. As long as Mahomes is healthy and Reid's on the sideline and they've got just a decent team around him, they'll be in the mix. I mean, I'll get the Packers right now. now. You could argue, hey, the Packers are what we hope we don't become, which is a team that maybe doesn't get there and fall short. That's fine. You can make that argument. But I'll get the Packers and say, Aaron Rodgers, has never had a he's never had Andy Reid, right? Like he, he's, he's never had a great coach. And I like him on the floor, but he's not Andy Reid. You look at that team around them. Devonta Adams is great. And they've got a good, off, very good offensive line. But, like, they don't have any, like, big-time great defensive players, okay? Jair Alexander is probably the one exception. Like, that's a good roster. It's not a great roster. But that's not a roster that you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how we're going to deal with it. Like, other than Adams, they don't have one pass catcher that scares you. And they've been in the NFC title game in the last two years, and frankly, probably should have won the NFC title game last season, right? They just didn't play well. If you put a team of that level around Mahomes with Andy Reid, they're probably going to the Super Bowl about every other year. They just are. Like Mahomes is otherworldly, so I think to answer it, look, I yes, there will come a point, and that that point will probably come when Kelsey gets a little older and he can, and he starts breaking down, and Hill can't do what he's done. But then, yeah, they'll start to have to recalibrate this thing, but. I don't think that day's around the corner. I really really don't. I think they've got at least two or three years with this team where they're going to be the prohibitive favorite year in and year out.
0: Yeah, agreed. Very, very exciting football ahead for Chiefs fans. (sighs) I I, got to get my hands on that Cadbury ice cream. That sounds absolutely incredible. It is a real shame that they do not sell it here in the States. You know, I had a fever yesterday. I got my second COVID shot. And uh, you did better than I did. We got them on the same day. Um, and uh, 101 fever all day. And, you know, my my wife, who's wonderful, said, Mag, she said, hey, what, you know, can I get you anything? And I said, like, I want chicken fingers and I want ice cream from the, there's a place down at the end of the road called Maggie Moose. And she went down there and got that for me. You know, people tell you that if you if you Google it, can I have ice cream when I have a fever? They're like, no, you don't want ice cream. Yeah, it's bad for you. It's going to make your temperature go up, all that stuff. I just got to say it, and forgive my language. That's bullshit. I I ate that ice cream and felt as good as I had all day long. And today I feel great. I think it cured me. There you go. Are, are you an there ice you cream go. guy when you get sick? Do you want it when you get sick? I mean, I want
2: it all the time. So I had it yesterday <laughs> and I wasn't even sick. So uh, when I'm sick, yeah, I mean, olive ice cream, whatever. I got uh, Cold Stone Creamery and it was this thing called like- peanut butter cookie dough something it was insane. It was like Reese's peanut butter cup and cookie dough and like a peanut butter style ice cream. It was it was fudge. It was incredible. It was incredible. But now I need to like take another three mile walk here to start burning all right. these calories. Because it's just a disgrace. But I it was it was amazing and it was worth every second of it.
0: You know what I always used to get because they don't have Dairy Queens in New York, or at least they didn't. They got one right before I left. But when I lived in Brooklyn, there was a Cold Stone Creamery down at the at the mall at Atlantic Center there in Brooklyn, right near where the um, where the Nets play now. And uh, that place was a hellscape, um, but but it was worth braving it to get to because uh, the trains right there. There's just a million people, uh, but it was worth it to get to the Cold Stone. And every birthday, I would get uh, the birthday cake remix. Have you ever had that at Cold Stone?
2: No, but I've heard of it.
0: It's birthday cake flavored ice cream with brownies mixed into it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's incredible. It's so good. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Can't recommend it enough. Yesterday, I had him throw some hot fudge in a uh, Blizzard-type concoction for me with Oreos. Still got a little bit of it downstairs. Going to go finish it off right after this. It's 1020 in the morning. It's just uh, a late breakfast. Um, All right. We're... (laughs) We're going to get out of here. Big, big week of Chiefs news. Big week for the podcast. Our our numbers have been great. You guys are awesome. Uh, If you like this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of those five-star reviews. Ask us a question. We'll answer it on the pod or Matt and Sterling will answer it. But hit us up over there. It it really helps the podcast grow. We're well over 100 reviews now. You guys are the absolute best. And um, Matt, can you just, before we go, tell everybody what they can expect? You're going to be working your ass off all night, so I'm going to let you get out of here. But it's draft night. What, what can they expect over at fansite.com for their draft coverage? They can
2: expect everything. They can literally, I think, expect. No, I, look, we're going to have a live tracker, okay, where we're going to be breaking down the picks minute by minute. Um, I'll probably write a paragraph on each guy. And then we're going to we're gonna do things that I, I like to think are smart. Like, we're not going to sit there and just be like, this guy got drafted by the Chargers. He, it's a B-minus. That's garbage. That doesn't help anybody. We're going to break down some of the more important picks in the rounds and say, look, this is why this guy is going to work here or not going to work here because of the scheme and the fit, the way he plays. Um, And we're going to break down the fun stuff that happens too. Like when Goodell just screws up some guy's name, like we're going to have a little fun with that. So we're going to have some laughs. Like we're going to cover it with some fun in mind. But at the same point, we're also going to really give you some analysis. Like, look, this is why this is a good pick. Or this is why this pick is kind of shaky. Um, and we'll break down all trades and whatnot as well. We'll have all that stuff on the tracker, um, and, and, and we, will, we will have wall-to-wall coverage, not only tonight, but for the rest of the weekend.
0: All right, looking forward to that. Matt and Sterling will be back on Monday with uh, some Chiefs re- draft recap stuff for you, and, and Matt and I will be back on, on Thursday with our own take on that stuff. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at, at rpatrickallen. He's at, at mattverteram. Make sure you follow at Arrowhead Addict. and make sure you check out Arrowhead Addict all tonight and all this weekend for all of the fallout from the Chiefs draft, and we will see you guys next week. As always, thanks for listening, and go Chiefs!